1: We're talking to basically everyone and talking to them about the fact that our paid sick days, the minimum wage and our new basic labour rights that we just got um, in Ontario are being threatened. Well, labour
0: groups out today in force across the province fighting any changes to Bill 148. That was one group, uh, 15 and fairness, that were out uh, making some noise today. They don't like any changes. They don't want any changes for this particular bill. And this is the bill that was, it was so ill thought from the beginning. It was designed by the liberals to buy votes. Period. And what it ended up doing is crushing a lot of small businesses in the process. Not just in the wage part, but all the increased taxes, the cumbersome regulations. You know, it it was more than just a dollar raise. And Doug Ford campaigned and promised not to raise the minimum wage further. But now he's saying he's going to overhaul it, which is not necessarily a bad thing. There are areas of this bill that do in fact need to be overhauled. But labor groups say they're going to fight this. We're not talking everyday workers, not the people that you see in private businesses. We're talking big government labor groups that expect small businesses all across this province to have the same deep pockets that we the taxpayers have that they keep dipping into. And Toronto tends to take all the air out of the room on this issue and gets all the attention on this issue. But when you go outside of Toronto, the issue of unaffordability isn't the same. But certainly for businesses, small businesses outside of Toronto, you still feel it. You just never get talked about. No one ever refers to the struggles outside of Toronto because all of the focus is here. Let's bring Catherine Swift into this conversation. She is with Working Canadians, also a former member, a uh, former president of the CFIB, the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses, to uh, check the pulse of what big labor is doing. Hello there. Hi, Alex. Well, I was beginning to think it was very quiet, and I think I sent you a note along that line saying, gosh, it's been qui- I haven't had you in a while. It's been quiet. And then, lo and behold, big labor's back at it. Are we back to the, ba- the Mike Harris days?
1: Huh. No, we're not, and frankly, <laughs> if if we remember what the economy was doing back in the Mike Harris days, it was doing great. So uh, I don't know if that would be su- su- such a terrible thing to go back to the Mike Harris days. But anyway, it's, it's different times now, obviously, 20, you know, 20 years roughly in the future. And uh, the whole Bill of 148, I, I always said it was basically drawn up. If you read it, it read like a collective bargaining agreement. And normally, a collective bargaining agreement gets voted on mm-hmm. by employees. And this, is a, this was a collective bargaining, bargaining agreement that the Liberal government, you know, foisted on the province, and no one got to vote on it. Now, mind you, you might say they got to vote on it in an election, and what but that they was did after was the fact. Voted out the Liberals. Right. That was, <laughs> so. the damage had been done. Exactly. But when you look at the the bill itself, it is so imbalanced. It it. Uh, uh, one of the, well, there's a lot of problematic parts of it, but the minimum wage thing got all the headlines, as we know. And, I mean, for, for employers, and, you know, Alex, you mentioned in your intro there, you know, it, small businesses are really the real victims. And we hear Labour going, oh, the big corporate interest. It's not the big corporate <laughs> interests that are being affected like that. It is the small businesses. And they are roughly half the economy. So mm-hmm. they're a pretty big chunk out there, and they tend to be actually – about 70 to 80 percent of the creators of employment. So, in other words, you know, they punch above their weight in terms of job creation. So, they're the ones that really suffered here. Um, we see, we see measures in this bill, like if 20 percent of employees in a workplace vote in favor, the union can go into the employer and say, "We want a list of all of your employees' personal uh, emails." Uh, home addresses, phone numbers, et cetera. If any, other, if any other entity tried to get that information, it would be viewed as a huge uh, invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. And, and yet in the, in the union case, it's not. It's absolutely ludicrous. A lot of what this bill did was help unions to unionize more workplaces than they already do. So it even further imbalanced existing legislation. And of course, as again, as you alluded to there, it drastically increased the cost of doing business, and that money has to come from somewhere. Businesses, it, the vast majority of businesses, don't have huge margins, they're operating on a few percent to stay in business, and to keep their existing employees working. Right. So you crank up, you know, the cost of doing business. They're either going to lay people off. They're going to have to, you know, do something about cost of labor. I heard of many businesses that said, I won't be open Monday anymore. <laughs> I simply can't do that. I have to cut my costs." Or, of course, the vast majority, they pass that cost on to consumers, and then they get pushback from the consumers. Why did your, you know, why did your prices just increase by 10 you know, 15%? So the whole notion that this kind of legislation, you know, is is all upside and no downside. Let's face it. Real, realistically, that's never the case.
0: But the the overall message, whether it was from bank, you know, analysts at Scotia or um, you know other coverage is that, well, we didn't lose all those jobs that were threatened, uh, that we would see you know, calamity, and I'm not sure that's true because we did see spikes in job loss, in, in part-time jobs, and just because we're not hearing of mass job loss, it does not mean that Bill 148 is not having a negative effect.
1: Well, it is, I, and I, I'm, I'm talking to businesses every day, and of course it's having a negative effect. The other thing that you've got to consider, and, and by the way, I, we, saw, we saw labor market data back for August that showed quite a significant job loss in mm-hmm. Ontario. And I found it rather hilarious that a lot of, the, again, a lot of the left groups are going, like, oh, well, you know, the Ford government. <laughs> the guy just gets elected. And <laughs> yeah. laws that have been in place for quite a while uh, are the ones that are sort of you know, operational and are, and are having the, uh, you know, the cause and effect there. And, um, but of course, the, the new government's getting blamed for it. But we have seen job losses. We have seen the data show that. But the other sort of larger picture con- consideration is our economy is growing right now. Our economy has been growing for a while, and the impact of legislation like Bill 148 is always going to be – it'll still be negative, but it'll be less so. And the real, the real challenge will be – and the, the economy, we also see, is starting to slow after a few years of you know fairly decent growth – The real impact happens when the economy overall slows down, consumers have less money to spend, and all of a sudden you start to see precipitously negative impacts. But another thing, again, we who are located in the sort of Toronto orbit don't realize – I have a kid that lives in rural Ontario, and we have seen – Restaurants closed, mm-hmm. small retailers, you know, having to drastically cut back, endangering their business. So you can't a lot of nonprofit think business in downtown yeah. Toronto.
0: Yeah, and that's what bothers me so much is because the coverage generally focuses on affordability in Toronto and what's going on in Toronto, but that's part of the reason we got Doug Ford is because people outside of Toronto said, "You know what? I'm really tired of hearing about Toronto because there's a whole world outside of there that's not keeping up with that city, and we're falling behind, and no one seems to care about us. And so you kind of get the same coverage with Bill 148, where it's only about one area,
1: but doesn't tend to look everywhere else. No, absolutely. And, and as I say, I happen to have one of my sons who yes. lives, lives in those areas, so I get firsthand reports about uh, exactly how very devastating it's being to the outside of the big urban core. But I mean, Toronto's still important. No, nobody's saying it isn't. And, and let's also not underestimate businesses in Toronto are being hit by this kind of legislation as well. So yes, the impact is more negative and more problematic in these rural areas, but it's not exclusive to them. It is also very, you know, very harmful. Right.
0: Uh, but but I, don't we generally see the cycle? I mean, it takes a while for a cycle to hit. I mean, you don't generally see a terrible economy for about two years into a new administration. I mean, that's, that's how I've always looked at, you know, seeing how a government's doing. You don't judge them the day they hit the, the ground running. You wait two years to see how the policies of the last government come into play so really the effects of 148 haven't been if we just let it roll out and continue on as is i don't know if we'd get the full impact for at least another year correct
1: no you're right and i mean when i listen to some of these labor folks you know they're talking about oh removing these workers rights as if these things have been you know around for decades bill 148 <laughs> came into force at the beginning of this year it hasn't even been around a year yet but you're you're right of course many business owners they're going to they're going to hang on as best they can now, this is something they've invested in a lot of cases their life savings and a heck of a lot of their own time their family's time typically into and and they're going to do their best to cope you know, with any kind of legislation, government throws at them. But ultimately, let's face it, we're going to we're going to continue to see the negative impacts roll out over time. And again, the other consideration is what the economy is doing. And that, as you know. Alex, my background is as an economist, Mm. and probably 70 to 80 percent of what the economy is doing has nothing to do with government. That's not to say that a good government doesn't help a good economy or a bad economy, and a bad government doesn't harm, you know, what's going on in the the greater economy. But right now, we are seeing, and, and most countries around the world are seeing a period of growth right now. And most of that would happen no matter what kind of government we have, excepting perhaps Venezuela or something comparable to that. But really, this kind of legislation really bites hard when things slow down, which is what it looks like is happening right now in in the Canadian economy and the Ontario economy. So. Again, you, you can't attribute everything to the government, but of course they make a difference uh, in terms of good or bad, depending on what they put into play. This, it, this legislation was highly imbalanced. It was made as a payoff to the unions for supporting liberals for a very long time. Not surprising, the the union groups are now coming out, you know, they're they're going to criticize Ford no matter what he does. But uh, not surprising they're coming out now. But basically, the more powers unions have in our society, the more harm it does to the vast majority of citizens. And this Bill 148 is a classic example of that.
0: Stay tuned, Catherine. Thank you so much for the other side of this. Appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. Catherine Swift. Who's with uh, was with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, also now with a group called Working Canadians, if you ever want to see what she's doing online. The other part of 148 is some businesses are saying, hey, I'm just going to stay with it because I do not want to get yelled at. I don't need these groups yelling. I don't need to be vilified as a bully. So I'll just suck it up and make everyone happy, even if it means my bottom line is hurt. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.